Welcome to the Japan What Podcast, episode 102. I am your host, Matt Bigelow, and I'm coming at you from the back end of Tokyo, the armpit of Asia, in the Toshi Hisacho Studios in Shinjuku, Tokyo, Japan. This is the podcast that covers AI trends, future society prospects, odd items, news analysis, and more. And I am having what you are having over at MatthewPMBigelow.com. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Listener or Ms. Listener. This is um, kind of a strange day, a strange time period in Japan. It's the, um, basically, we're recording this on uh, August 8th. And, you know, depending on where you are in the world, this is either uh, yesterday or, you know, soon to be. But it was the, the, the anniversary, the commemoration of the dropping of the atom bomb on uh, good old Hiroshima. I've been there a few times. Wonderful city. Um, but that just means that the news is pretty loaded with Hiroshima. And we'll get to that a little bit. But uh, first, I'd like to cover some really odd news Usually I do something called uh, the hate read of the week from Sora News 24, but I managed to um, uh, go elsewhere for this week's uh, strange new product that's about to hit the shelves. Will this one be a home run or will it be a strikeout? I don't know. This is from, uh, from Rails to Hits. Shinkansen Metal recycled into ball bats. Now, of course, the Shinkansen is the Japanese bullet train. Everyone's familiar with that. If you've been on it, it's always a nice ride. And they're taking some of these older Shinkansen trains, refining the, some of the uh, alloys inside of them and turning them into baseball bats and selling them to children. This comes to us from uh, Ayateru Hosozawa uh, from August 2nd uh, from the Asahi.com Asia and Japan Watch, the Asahi Shimbun. This isn't like a daily news podcast. It, you know, it's it's like current things that are happening and not everyone catches everything all the time. And sometimes the daily news is just like politics doing politics. And then like it doesn't really do anything for you. So this doesn't cover that. It's not that angle. It's more cultural, what's happening in the zeitgeist, uh, a wide angle lens on those topics I mentioned earlier for MatthewPMBigelow.com. AI trends, rising conflict in the Indo-Pacific, news analysis, and this one, odd items. Metal baseball bats, including one in a white color representing a Tokaido Shinkansen train, and another in yellow representing a Dr. Yellow test train. The Dr. Yellow is the super magical Shinkansen, uh, equipped with a special camera on it that's used for you know analysis and maintenance purposes and, and surveillance as well. Surveillance in the good term. Um, the Shinkansen train seen in the back is the model of the N700 series train that is to be recycled. And that's from the description that's the caption on the photo there. Sure to be a big hit. Hmm. Metal bats, not quite sore on News 24. Sure to be a big hit. Metal bats for children's rubber ball baseball made from aluminum, or as we like to say in the sane world, aluminum recycled from Tokaido Shinkansen bodies will soon arrive at ballparks and playgrounds. The bats are set to hit the market on October 14th, which is Railway Day in Japan. Bet you didn't know that. A limited edition run of 1,400 bats will be produced with pre-orders starting from August 1st. You can get them already, unless they're all sold out. 
The metal baths were jointly developed by Central Japan Railway Co. and sports equipment giant Mizuno Corp. Specifically designed for the first few years of elementary school students, the bats measure between 74 and 78 centimeters long and weigh from 440 to 460 grams. That's for you people who are really interested in, in bat sizes. The price, as including tax, is 14,300 14, yen or about 100 bucks. J.R. Toke removed the paint and soundproofing materials from the retired N700 series bullet train bodies and extracted high-purity aluminum alloy. Aluminum alloy. I'd like to get some of that soundproofing for the studio. Mizuno then adjusted the aluminum's composition to ensure durability equal to that of normal bats. The bats come in three designs. One design where the bat barrel transitions. Ooh, transitioning these bats for kids not on my watch uh the barrel the bat barrel transitions from white to silver towards the grip symbolizing the shinkansen's transformation into a metal bat another design features a white color with a blue window and body line decorations emulating the iconic tokaido shinkansen train lastly a yellow design represents the popular test train called dr yellow now i have a two-year-old son he loves the Shinkansen. He knows them all by design. I can take him to Tokyo Station, which is not too far from my house. Show him any Shinkansen, and he'll know right off the bat. That's a Kodama. That's a Tokaido. Not a Tokaido. That's a, um, a Nozomi. And that's a Hayabusa, and, and so on and so forth. So um, not surprised that these bats are being marketed towards children. Although, if J.R. Tokai was serious about their ideas of venturing into the sports company, sports industries with Mizuno, they should be sponsoring a little amateur teams. The, the Shinkansen, you know, off the rails league or something like that. Anything's allowed. <laughs> so that's that. That's today's uh, interesting product of the week. I'll be posting a picture of these bats and the Shinkansen from the Asahi Shimbum onto MatthewPMBigelow.com, and you can check it out there. They look lovely, and um, if you're interested in getting one, you should definitely pick one up. It's not like some sort of dystopian future. That's from the ne few next uh, ideas here. Let's take a look at the economy. Moving on. Here we go. This comes to us from Kyoto News, um, which is basically the source of most news from other news agencies. Um, Tokyo. Uh, Japan's, Jan Japan's January to June farm exports hit record amid, amid waning COVID impact. Now, amid is used by journalists just to put extra information in there because they can't, they can't say because of or due to or uh, as part of. There's just, because there's no evidence, so they just use amid. It's a very short word, meaning it takes up a tiny amount of screen space, and then they can kind of hint at, but shy away from implicating themselves in a legal point of view. Like using the word alleged. I think that man killed 11 children, allegedly. What? <laughs> okay. Tokyo, Japan's food, agriculture, forestry, and fisheries exports in the first six months of 2023. Oh, by the way. This all ties into the whole arc of the podcast, except for the metal bats at the beginning. That's just for fun. Where we have the politics and the postulating, and we have the business 
And people think that they can just be totally different from each other when in fact they're across the street from each other and, and, and they borrow each other's milk uh, to lift from Joe Rogan from like 10 years ago or something like that. Japan's food, agriculture, forestry, and fisheries exports in the first six months of 2023 rose 9.6% from a year earlier to a record 714.4 billion yen, around $5 billion, as demand in the restaurant and retail industries recovered amid the continued waning impact of COVID-19, government data showed Friday. Now, when we get further down in the, into the article, it doesn't really mean the COVID waning. Okay. The rise in the January to June period was boosted by robust shipments to China up 16.2% to 139.4 billion yen. Uh, the total was 714. Hong Kong up 25% as well as by a weaker yen, according to the data released by the Ministry of Agriculture, Forestry and Fisheries. But the ministry said the situation surrounding the markets of China and Hong Kong must be closely monitored. So is this, we've been hearing a lot about um, China ramping up domestic grain production to possibly as part of war measures for Taiwan or helping Russia, uh, taking down the Americas, whatever. We don't know. We just speculate. But there's this idea that China's going to be this grain producer and they're going to save all this grain so they have enough to launch a war. Now, at the same time, Japanese politicians will say, hey, China, why are you being so aggressive? But then China, Japan will also be like, here you go, China. Here's all of our exports for food. No way that, the, that these things could be correlated. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't mean causation. Correlation does not mean causation, okay? Okay? So you're going to build up all of your domestic uh, food production for war, we believe. But we're also going to say, here's $5 billion worth of food. But it can't be for war, right? It's a very silly way to look at the world, but that's the way most people look at the world. Um, both have recently uh, intensified radiation inspections of seafood imports from Japan, causing delays in customs clearance. Uh, that's because of the planned release of treated Fukushima water. The Titan measures come ahead of the release of uh, treated water with low concentrations of tritium uh, from the crippled Fukushima nuclear plant into the sea <laughs> nuclear plant. I'm wearing the discharge is planned for sometime in the summer. Nine countries and regions still impose import restrictions on food from parts of Japan. Um, Japan has set its target of raising annual agriculture and food exports to 2 trillion yen by 2025 and 5 trillion yen by 2030. By item, exports of pearls in the first half of 2023 more than doubled to 22.3 billion yen thanks to renewed attention to the high quality of Japanese pearls at an international trade fair for pearls and jewelry in Hong Kong held last year for the first time in four years. Well, that could be uh, to the, due to the COVID waning, you know, just more international business, people being able to take their goods from one place to another where there might be uh, valued at a higher estimate. Meanwhile, Japanese sake exports fell as exports to the United States slumped due to inflation. The United States was the third biggest market for Japanese agricultural exports after China and Hong Kong, with 96.4 billion yen down 7.9%. Taiwan came in fourth at 67.4 billion yen, up 11.9%, followed by South Korea, 
um, and the data show. It doesn't really matter all those numbers. <laughs> are, you, are you really itching to know how much? Well, the value to South Korea was 35.6 billion yen, up almost 20%. Wow. A lot of heavy numbers there. Um, but the reason I'm introducing that is because it says we need to play, pay, play, pay close attention to these exports to China and everything. No, not because they're building up their war efforts, but because of delays caused by the release of uh, treated water from Fukushima. It's very silly. You know, there's all these um, horrible places all over the world that have almost no environmental restrictions, like coal plants next to rice paddies or um, uh, advanced recycling of sorry, recycling of advanced technologies that have all these heavy metals inside of them, like um, uh, solar panels and stuff like that, or TVs, you know, TVs from 10 years ago. A lot of people replace their TVs. All that stuff has a lot of crazy stuff inside of it. And if you if it's, if the recycling is being done in a place with lax regulations, they just pile up thousands and thousands of TVs next to agriculture. Then it rains, and it rains on all those TVs that have been torn apart and exposed. All, carries with it who knows what strained through the TVs into the water table and then into the into the rice paddies or whatever it is. Then that gets grown and those people don't eat that rice that are making it or harvesting it. They just put it in the bags, ship it off somewhere else, and that gets taken care of somehow, somewhere along the way. Um, so the fact that everybody's going to piss their pants over this treated water from Fukushima I'm not really too worried about it. I was really worried about it. I was here for the Fukushima thing, uh, the the explosion, and I got out of Tokyo for a week or two because I was worried that another explosion would happen. It would get caught in rain clouds. The rain clouds would come down to Tokyo and release like nuclear rain all over the place. Um, so I got out of for a few weeks and then get kind of chilled out. No one really goes to Fukushima much anymore, and their reputation has been destroyed for the most part. But it's been like 10, 12 years. I've, I haven't seen an insane amount of stuff like, you know, three-headed fish and two-headed babies and all that. Um, probably okay to just dilute it to a certain point and release it into the water. I think it's not the best plan, but it's a plan. And um, is it is it like the, the comparison I gave, like a coal power plant next to a rice paddy or a, a recycling of advanced materials next to agriculture in places that don't even tell you that where all that stuff is happening? It's just a giant blind spot where billionaires can do their business in or, you know, just dilute the water and release it into the, <laughs> into the ocean. We've been doing it since we were uh, it was setting off into ships. Uh, well beyond the past of of the Egyptians, and not the best plan. But I'm wondering is it is it the worst plan? So the fact that everybody's like focusing on the releasing of the water, but you know we'll sell all this stuff to China. Well, they of course now that it's about China and China's production of grains and foods, that's bad because it's for war. But we'll sell them billions and billions of dollars worth of our food every quarter because that's good. And if they if they decide to hold up customs because of our radiation problems, well then that's their problem. It's it's a very uh, is when I when I when I look at the world and think of is that how is that how things are actually being analyzed or is this just a psyop meant to distract everybody to avoid possibly connecting some dots together and and wondering um, it, you know could could in fact things be connected in a different way.
I think that's all going to be all for today's um, economy news, but it relates into what we're going to do next. Here we go. And the next thing, of course, is to connect it to the previous thing, as was mentioned, is war. War. As we know, war is coming. A lot of people are saying 2027 will be the big day when China, the big year when China takes back Taiwan, the rogue province, according to uh, China, the CCP. Well, in the, term, in the meantime, we have all the Ukrainian stuff going on. And now Africa seems to be exploding at the same time with Niger kicking out France and the the different factions of the Sahel versus Ecowas, a dragon more into people think that Russia is going to go in and kick out the colonialists and then the communist backed parties and different factions of, of uh, this area of Africa are going to join together and who, who I don't really get it. I don't understand, but um, this is more about the, the backdrop of war. Um, now the relation of Japan to all this stuff is that basically in many ways, Jap- Japan answers to America um, ever since the, oh, we can say the dropping of uh, Hiroshima, uh, the bomb there, and since then, America has put many naval bases, army bases, lots of bases, lots of bases into Japan. Um, they basically funded or subsidized Japan's defense spending, and then Japan didn't need to use so much money for defense, and that's how they build up all their Shinkansen and really wonderful infrastructure. So by living under this American umbrella protection of military, Japan was able to use that money to build up its own domestic um, uh, infrastructure to where you see it today. One of the best in the world, if not the best. I would say it's the best. I would say it's the best. It's not all perfect. It's like not always the best place to live, but as far as infrastructure that works goes, Japan's probably the best in the world, hands down. Um, but when it comes to international forays and uh, even in the Korean War and the Vietnam War and places like that, uh, America utilized its leverage in Japan uh, to base things here and, and help out with operations in Asia. And the same thing continues to this day. Um, recently, the idea of Japan and Korea and Taiwan teaming up their sort of satellite or low Earth orbit or even um, drone reconnaissance fleets uh, into an internet that can also be viewed by America um, has been proposed and is going on. And the idea is to gain reconnaissance and intelligence in case uh, China launches a, an amphibious assault against Taiwan 2027. But as we know, China is really good at infiltrating everything all over the world. Um, they've just been doing it and they're very good at it. Uh, but people aren't very good at infiltrating China because it's a kind of a closed society. It's only been recently opened, and it's very obvious if, you're, if you've been to China, and I have, if you're Chinese or not Chinese. And even if you're American Chinese and you go to China, most people will be able to suss you out as not Chinese Chinese pretty quickly 
unless you're very trained in, in being Chinese Chinese. Um, what I want to say is that it gives China an advantage internationally to send out, um, to uh, utilize its diaspora and find vulnerabilities in people's um, allegiances and or money. You know, everybody can be bought out. Um, so my idea is that what if this whole advanced surveillance um, umbrella that's going on between South Korea, Japan, and Taiwan goes forth, and then all of that data is transmitted to centers back in America. But America becomes so infiltrated by the Chinese that uh, Chinese uh, intelligence officers inside of America will gain access to this surveillance umbrella that's been just described, Taiwan, Japan, South Korea, and utilize it to their own advantage to retake Taiwan at a future date. They would uh, basically have a dual surveillance map um, where they could overlay the the hacked America map with Japan, Taiwan, South Korea, and their own map, which is, I'm pretty sure they use a lot of balloons still in, in China for this type of thing. They can create their own ultra low earth orbit internet um, connections and not have to rely on uh, so much uh, publicly traded or known telecommunications industries. It can be kind of a black, black op. And they would they would have total they would have a full spectrum dominance of the Taiwan situation. Now th- that's kind of my speculation, and I, it's just a take. It's a hot take. Everybody needs a hot take. That's my hot take, and I think it should be on the table uh, because of the history that's going on. And I'm connecting the dots here it, it, to to include correlation might lead to causation. You know, as crazy as we're told that's supposed to be. You know, you're supposed to never say those things, even though, okay. So this is comes to, this comes to us from the register. And I don't know what the register is, but there was just so much uh, Hiroshima news that I leaned into the register. Two U.S. Navy sailors charged with giving Chinese spies secret military info. Quite obviously fucking espionage, one suspect allegedly blabbed. So we already get the idea that they're using cursing and uh, blabbed in their uh, beginning here for the register that there might be not the most formal of news services. But this 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 news story is everywhere. It's in the Washington Post. It's in the China Daily. It's, it's wherever you look, it's there. It might not be in the China Daily, but I, the SM, SCMP, the South China Morning Post, was, could be a Hong Kong operation. Anyways, you can find it in a variety of news sources. Two U.S. Navy service members appeared in federal court Thursday accused of espionage and stealing sensitive military information for China in separate cases. Jin Chao Wei, a.k.a. Patrick Wei, and Wen, Cheng, Wen Zheng Zhao, a.k.a. Thomas Zhao, each pleaded not guilty. According to U.S. prosecutors at his hearing in Southern California, Wei allegedly told a fellow sailor he was being recruited by Beijing. Quote, we have entrusted members of our military with tremendous responsibility and great faith, said U.S. Attorney Randy Grossman in a statement. <laughs> Randy Grossman. What a bad name. Uh, I thought Bigelow was bad. My name's Bigelow. You grew up like, oh, it's two words, big and low. 
What's your name? Grossman. Gotcha, beam. Quote, our nation's safety and security are in their hands. End quote. Way, a 22-year-old machinist's mate assigned to the USS Essex Amphibious Assault Ship, was arrested August 3rd and charged with spying, or espionage, after he arrived for work at a naval base in San Diego, California. According to his indictment, Way had exchanged classified information with a Chinese government contact just two days prior. According to Uncle Sam, I kind of like this place, Wei had been handing off photos, videos, and technical manuals about U.S. Navy ships and systems since February 2022. He held a U.S. security clearance and had access to sensitive national defense information about ship weapons, propulsion, and desalinization, desalination systems. The other sailor, 26-year-old Zhao, was also arrested Wednesday, charged with conspiracy and receipt of bribes from an official. Zhao worked as a construction electrician, those people will know a lot, at the naval base of Ventura County in Port uh, uh, Huaneme, California. He held a U.S. security clearance and allegedly received bribes from a Chinese intelligence officer in exchange for sensitive military information, photos and videos beginning August 2021. It is said that the Chinese intel officer posed as a maritime economic researcher in order to persuade Zhao to hand over information. Um, I thought it would have... Okay, now, anyways, that second guy was accused of um, disclosing uh, radar information systems uh, positioned in Okinawa, which is right next to Taiwan. And this whole idea that um, Okinawa, which is a southern island chain close to Taiwan that connects kind of Kyushu Island to uh, Taiwan via a series of chains. Very via a island chain, a series of islands. Um, this is the idea where now China is in possession of advanced knowledge of radar systems, surveillance systems, knowledge systems from afar, right next to them from afar. That goes into my theory from before that what if the Chinese infiltration into America? ends up coming back in a bad way into us that live in Japan because most Japanese people have no idea about any of this stuff. They assume even hard right-wing conservative Japanese politicians and systems and, and, and communities, when they think of America, they think of America protecting Japan because of a treaty that was signed or an agreement that was signed. They signed it. Therefore, Japan is safe because of America. They have no idea about this type of thing that's going on. And yet a lot of the politicians are marching forward straight into this potential trap in the future. And I want people in government in China and Japan to understand uh, the traps that they may be setting for themselves and to look closely at these potential ramifications. Okay. Because I'm living here now, and I want you to be a little bit more paranoid. That would be great. Just amp up your paranoia and consider it a possibility. Now, to tie it in again to a little bit more of the war, um, this could just be fear-mongering because this comes to us from Reuters.com. Reuters wants to mobilize entire nation and counter espionage. Again, August 2nd, 2023. This should probably have some overlaying information, but... These are just two, the previous story was just two Chinese citizens who moved to America. Did they want to become Americans? Or are they just looking for opportunity? I don't know. I don't care. Um, but they, they became subverted 
in their careers and chose, as I've heard in other news media, cash over country. And even though, can you really be like, I've been in Japan since 2006. Am I Japanese? Do I consider myself? Not, not at all. Not at all. So can you just ideally move somewhere these days and just be like after three years? Yes, I am this I have 5,000 years of history over there, but because I've been here for three years, I'm over here now. I, I don't think you can just leave all that behind so easily. Maybe before, but not any longer. China should encourage its citizens to join counter-espionage work, including creating channels for individuals to report suspicious activity as well as commending and rewarding them, the Chinese state security ministry said on Tuesday. A system that makes it normal for the masses to participate in counter-espionage must be established, wrote the Ministry of State Security, the main agency overlooking foreign intelligence and anti-spying in its first post on its WeChat account. Um, the call to popularize anti-spying work among the masses follows an expansion of China's counter-espionage law that took effect in July. The law, which bans the transfer of information related to national security and interests which it does not specify, has alarmed the United States. The revised law allows authorities carrying out an anti-espionage probe to gain access to data, electronic equipment, and information on personal property. So this is the idea, furthermore, with, if, with a lot of recent Chinese immigrants if they're coming over to America and they have their entire WeChat, um, QQ, Alipay, everything on their phones, basically it operate that is a remote operation viewing node for the Chinese networks. And if they can then utilize that to target people with those systems in on their phones to nudge them into espionage work, it it it's very effective. The idea that we would give our information to people who knocked on our door uh, and said, hey, can I have your information? We tell them to, to go away. But if we do it online and somebody, if we can say like, oh, there's a system where you give them your information and then people will give you likes back, billions of people sign up and do it every day, all day. So the idea that we can be targeted through our phones via the algorithms, uh, incentives, the messages and little beeps and bleeps and likes and social uh, contagion style of nudging, that seems to work very well on humans these days. And if you have an entire younger diaspora of Chinese citizens around the world that emerged from this tech boom in China and are carrying it now with them, but it's like, you know, with a phone, you never know what anybody's looking at, then they can kind of operate in plain sight as potential vassals, spy vassals for the Chinese government, even if they don't even know it. And so once so those a lot of those people enter American corporations and American job systems and networks, they get that intelligence from those systems and bring it back to China and incorporate it into the Chinese tech economy back home. Or um, they, they continue on with their lives in America, uh, acting as a potential node to be exploited later by the Chinese Communist Party. So that's the idea of war for today, not kinetic warfare, but psychological warfare. And the longer that we have these vulnerabilities in place and we're naive about them, like I even saw reports saying, hey, these two people are from China originally, but I've worked with a lot of foreigners and a lot of those foreigners, very good people. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that's fine. But when you have the Chinese government saying all Chinese people all over the world should be spies, and then all these news reports are like, these are spies from China in our systems. Yeah, I don't want to 
take all the Chinese people and round them up and put them in concentration camps, like what happened to the Japanese people in California or even in places like the Minnesota or something like that. And, you know, in in the American contiguous and contiguous America during the Second World War. I'm not saying that at all, but it's like, hey, we gotta be a little bit careful if we're if we're moving into war, if we're giving all of the food to China so that they can prepare for war, and then we're giving all the information to Chinese nationals in the military as the country is preparing for war. We are, you know, we don't want to round them up and put them in camps. I'm not saying that at all. You just want to have a little bit of, you want to discern a little bit and understand where people's loyalties lie before you put them into high-ranking positions or grant them sensitive information on a daily basis all the time uh, just because you don't want to be accused of being a racist. I mean, it doesn't mean you're racist just because you're worried about sensitive information, people. doesn't mean you're racist at all. Die for the war, everybody moves. Die for the good, for the good. Die for the war, die for the war. Next, Japan Society 5.0. This one is a doozy. The fourth industrial revolution will enable us to create a new society. Artificial intelligence will transform the big data collected through the Internet of Things into new wisdom. Society 5.0, a technology-based, human-centered society. The fourth industrial revolution will raise our standard of living and solve various challenges we face. It will, for example, free us from the stress of driving, allowing us to safely... All right, the reason I play that, and I say it every time, that was made by the Japanese government to promote Society 5.0, which is a digital transformation, and everything's digital, and we use drones and AI and facial recognition for commerce and applications and, and medicine and stuff like that. So that's the Japanese government's plan. Um, and they, they rely on their main corporations to try to get it done. They try to throw some bones to startups, but really the startups just sell all their technology to the major corporations in Japan. And those guys try to retire before they're 30 years old. Just a couple of headlines before we get into the meat and potatoes of this thing. Fujitsu deploys AI customer service solution for field trials at supermarket train in Japan. Now, uh, this is not good. Uh, we won't go too much into this because I have a lot. There's a, like the meat and potatoes, like I mentioned. But this is the marketing theory. We have generative AI, an avatar concierge, which means you walk up to a giant touch screen. You select the content. And then you do in-store human sensing to analyze consumer behavior analysis. And then you automatic prompt tuning. So you optimize based on consumer behavior. This makes no sense to me. And it's obviously just, um, hey, let's, let's stack a whole bunch of really interesting technologies together and hope it sells. Fujitsu Limited says it has developed a new AI model for retailers that generates AI avatars and customized promotional content on digital signage based on in-store behavior data of consumers. Now, if you go into a store, if you're like me, I'm looking at a shirt and some clerk comes up to me and says, can I help you? I'm like, no, and I immediately leave. 
Um, the same thing when like, uh, if I have to go up to like a touch screen and there's like a person, like an avatar being like, I'm going to help you find your pants. I'm like, no. And I just won't use it. <laughs> so, um, but if, if the, if there's cameras set up that track where customers go and like male customers and female customers and where they stop and things like that, if they use that data to put items on display that I'd like, like sale items or shoes here or underwear over there, beer here, here's some beer and shoes. I'd be like, Oh, that's interesting. I might go over there. But if there's like an avatar going over like, what beer do you want? I'm going to, I'm out of here. I'm going. So this whole idea that we're going to put interactive screens up to let people know that we're in an AI experience. I think most people hate it. Um, that, so that's that. I don't think that's going to go anywhere. People, when, when, I, when I go into a place and I see AI screens, I don't want anything to do with it. And I'm an AI expert. I spent five years at a telecommunications company in Japan, one of the three main ones, 40 hours a week, 150 students, researching and IoT AI solutions every day for five years almost. And uh, these things don't do it. This one might be good, though. Lost in Less lost in translation. Foreigners get high-tech help in Tokyo's baffling Shinjuku rail hub. Um, this is just like a, this, this, this one can work because if you're, in a, if, you're, if you're buying tickets from somebody, I need this ticket. I want to go here at this time. Um, that's very standardized. So this is an idea where the Japanese person doesn't understand English so well. There's a whole bunch of accents coming and going in Shinjuku Station these days because of the internationalization of Japan's tourism industry. Uh, tourists can go up to the window and say, I want to go to ABC Station. And then that gets translated into Japanese in text and puts it on a screen, that, like a translucent screen that the clerk is looking at. He reads it in Japanese. He responds in Japanese with like a time and a price. And then that gets displayed in English on the screen as well. So it's not like a speaker system. It's a text system. It's basically translation, text, uh, speech to text. And that might just be very easy and fast. And you don't have to ask for repetition. It's there on the screen. Might not be perfect all of the time, but it would probably increase efficiency and make make the interaction a lot more pleasurable because you're not looking for friends. You're not looking for like the train station person to be like, hi, where do you want to go? I'm going to help you find your train station. Uh, you just want to be like, I need to go here and I need to go here by this time. Okay, here's the ticket. Here's the price. Um, you can pay by credit card or cash and then you just buy it and you go. So that, that one's good. This next one, though, is a doozy. And I have a high or not high segment today. I'm not sure if I can get to it. High. Or not high. In the Society 5.0 segment. This one is the Ministry of Labor, the MOL, to sponsor Japan Association for the 2025 World Exposition on Theme Designing Future Society for Our Lives. Now, this comes to us from um, HellenicsShippingNews.com. Um, and if you look at the idea of shipping and AI and IoT and automation, we, most people know that like those giant oil tankers have six or seven people on them. And they're mainly guided by GPS tracking these days. And the idea now is you can put a whole bunch of AI sensors into the rudders and onto the sides of the ships and, and on, the, on the top and analyze wind conditions localized in real time uh, with, with currents and, and then choose where to go and 
how to balance the ship to uh, increase efficiency by two or three percent or something like that over time. When you're running a fleet of international ships transporting oil and goods on those giant things, these types of um, investments could lead to massive savings over time pretty easily. So, but the idea of like the whole future thing where we get involved in, we're going to be the future now. People get lost in the weeds like crazy. Um, I have a kind of um, a video component to this that I'm going to use. And I found a good audio segment of this video and it's, it's nuts. I'm going to be posting it all onto uh, MatthewPMBigelow.com. You can go to MatthewPMBigelow.com and uh, donate there. We got um, Japan uh, news. Uh, all the links from today will be posted there. Photos and some video segments and more. You can also make a donation at uh, paypal.me forward slash Japan WUT. And are you familiar with the podcasting 2.0 infrastructure? I am. It allows you to download new apps that allow the user to donate satoshis, which are micro uh, Bitcoin payments, directly to the podcaster themselves. Go check it out. It's the future of podcasting. These uh, don't track you and they don't use advertisements. It's all kind of like this new in-house built by protocol ecosystem to get us away from the umbrella of big tech and allow us to operate independently as much as possible. Find out more at podcasting2.0.com or look at podcastapps.com or just search for podcasting 2.0. I'm using Podverse app a lot and there's CurioCaster, Fountain and more. Get on these apps and help us uh, fight the system. So this comes to us from that shipping company. Like I said, the future of life expo, the future life expo will be divided into five areas. And Mitsui OSK Lines Limited announced that it will sponsor the Future Society Showcase Projects um, Future Life Expo at the Japan Association for the 2025 World Exposition. Um, this. So let me just begin here. It says. Based on the theme of a future city where cyberspace and physical space are highly integrated, which is the vision of Society 5.0, MOL will exhibit the transportation mobility area with the Wind Hunter Project, one of the low-carbon projects set forth in the MOL Group Environmental Vision 2.2. As This is higher, not high, remember, as the main focus. It is planning to demonstrate how the MOL is contributing to social infrastructure with an eye towards a hydrogen-powered society and embodying the MOL Group corporate mission, quote, from the blue oceans, we sustain people's lives and ensure prosperous future end quote high or not high the entire mol group is supporting the expo including daibaru corporation um, an mol group company in the real property business real estate property business i guess it will also support expo 2025 osaka kansai japan the entire group is supporting the expo now this idea of the wind hunter project is Absolutely insane. The previous two Society 5.0 examples I gave today, uh, train translation from speech to text at a screen makes sense. Um, having avatars in shops like that, very similar technology, doesn't make sense. But it's, you can kind of, it's, 
you can realize it. You can put it in your brain and you realize it. The wind hunter is uh, infrastructure. And this is the idea of the hydrogen-based economy. This idea of the wind hunter is, and I'm going to play the next excerpt soon, but I just want to give you a, a visual example. You know how submarines look when they surface, right? This wind hunter looks like a, a submarine that has surfaced, except on the top there are about a dozen wind sails. And these are fixed wind sails. They're like giant rectangles that point up into the sky and they capture the wind. Now, this wind hunter idea is that it's an unmanned ship and you just put these sails on this ship and it goes out into the ocean and it converts energy into hydrogen. And then it takes all these hydrogen tanks in this ship back to port and now we all live on hydrogen. That's the plan. Now, I encourage you all to go to MatthewPMBigelow.com and watch the full video. It's nine minutes long. I simply do not have that type of time in the studio I've booked today. But I will be playing an excerpt from it um, to let you know if this is high or not high. So is it high or not high? High or not high? I give you the Wind Hunter. Equipped with numerous rigid sails, the Wind Hunter ship sails with no crew while automatically turning to strong winds and utilizing wind energy to generate hydrogen. It may be described as a mobile hydrogen production plant. The Wind Hunter ship cruises using wind energy, while at the same time generating electricity in underwater turbines. By electrolyzing pure water made from seawater, it manufactures hydrogen. Moreover, by causing a chemical reaction between the hydrogen and tuline, it creates methylcyclohexane, oh. known as MCH, which is a hydrogen carrier, and stores that in MCH tanks on board. When the tanks are filled to a certain amount, a notification is sent to the ship to start preparing for the unloading of the MCH. Furthermore, when storage of MCH is continued and the tanks become nearly full, the automatic sealing system is activated. Wind conditions between the ship's position and its port of call are predicted, and the course can be optimized based on hybrid propulsion, combining wind energy and propellers while considering the schedule. This information is also immediately conveyed to the base on land, so preparations for accepting the MCH there are also commenced. When the engine preparations are complete, the final route is confirmed between the ship and the land base. A 
on routes where the ship can sail efficiently using maritime winds. The rigid sails are erected. Erected. So as to capture the wind and enable automatic navigation to start. <laughs> so strange. If the wind dies down during the voyage, the rigid sails are lowered by automatic control. And the propellers emerge from storage. I'm going to stop it there. This is a nine minute video and you got to go and watch the whole thing. It contains real doozy lines. Um, Wind Hunter. For the future of the planet, we challenge with the wind. <laughs> For the future of the planet, we challenge with the wind. Um, is that high or not high? Now, before I close out that segment, oh, I want to say this. It doesn't tell us how much energy it generates. It doesn't tell us how the energy can be used. Uh, how long does this thing, it's basically a, a submarine that's been serviced with, surfaced, that it's a surface submarine that's traveling around the oceans with a bunch of sails on it and propellers on the back that convert the propeller energy into hydrogen somehow. I'm sure they can do it. This, this technology exists, but what's the efficiency ratio? How long does it take? Uh, how much energy can it provide? How, how, how do you plan on building these things? Where are the ports that receive this energy and how is the energy transferred? Where is the infrastructure being built that when I, as far as I know, when I go home, I don't have a hydrogen option to power my stuff. I have natural gas. I have, that's about it. Uh, air conditioning, electricity, right? There's no hydrogen hose somewhere in my building. Am I going to have to go to like some communal hydrogen output and get my bucket of hydrogen for my applications at home that I somehow need hydrogen for? Like none of this is being addressed. None of this is being addressed. It's just a submarine in the ocean with sails on top that makes hydrogen into our lives somehow. Um, this is a crazy idea, but you got to go see it. It's hilarious. The MOL is not the Ministry of Land, by the way. It kind of looked like a government um, letterhead. MOL means Mitsui OSK Lines. It's, it's a private corporation. So I apologize. I was correlating when I should not have been correlating. Uh, so that's this week's. I'll be including links and a whole bunch of screen grabs for you to enjoy at MatthewPMBigelow.com. PayPal.me forward slash Japan WUT. And that's going to conclude today's Japan Society 5.0. Oopsies. The fourth industrial revolution will enable us to create a new society. 
artificial intelligence will transform the big data collected through the Internet of Things into new wisdom. Society 5.0, a technology-based, human-centered society. The fourth industrial revolution will raise our standard of living and solve various challenges we face. It will, for example, free us from the stress of driving, allowing us to safely visit anyone, anytime. We will have access to the latest medical advancements at a low cost, no matter where we are. All right, we're going to be wrapping it up pretty soon for today. Um, I do have some Japan in Japan, the illegal immigrants, LGBTQ. I'll go over that pretty quickly. Um, they're getting rid of the LGBTQ bathrooms in Kabukicho because it's a party district and it gets too crazy for mixed mixed genders to be mixing it up in the in the underground washrooms there. Bad location to introduce that idea, by the way. Um, we have Eat the Bugs. Let's just do Eat the Bugs very quickly. I have a few, but just today will be one. I'm going to eat all the bugs. Okay, you're just going to eat them one at a time, though, okay? Okay. I got one. I got one. I'm going to go catch that one. You'll finish the one that you have in your mouth first. All right. Um, this is from uh, uh, an election website website called uh, Go to Senkyo. Senkyo, of course, means election or vote or don't vote, not vote, just election. Um, and this comes from Kashiwa City. Where is Kashiwa City? Where is it in Saitama? Kashiwa City. Kashiwa City is a Chiba Chiba Prefecture. Um, and this comes to us from Kashiwa City from a city councilor. It's a, he's a candidate for the Kashiwa City Council election 2023. Um, he's 37 years old, and I'm introducing this because he says he's a 37-year-old active farmer, and he wants to um, use rice and vegetables from farmers in his uh, district for lunch. Um, but he's also against the cricket eating, especially for kids. And this is, this is translated, but this is on his um, election platform, and He's seen um, speaking out against this on, on his YouTube channel. Do you eat more than 500 crickets a day? I can't let my children eat crickets. In order to protect this land and food, we have to make agriculture more exciting. Um, insect food. Indeed, crickets may be a source of protein, but the daily intake for Japanese men is about 65 grams. If you eat 65 grams of crickets in a day, it will be 500 or so crickets. If you can compare it to tofu, it's about three pieces. Would you like to eat more than 500 crickets a day? Uh, Kashiwa City can produce edamame and other soybean products, so shouldn't the money be spent there? I can't let my children eat insect food. About 40% of the land in Kashiwa City is agricultural land. If we take a step further, the beautiful paddy fields will spread out. At this time of year, along the Tone River and uh, Teganuma, a green carpet spreads beautifully. Rice harvesting will start in about a month. In this way, Kashiwa City is still a place where many crops can be grown. Um, and, it, and it goes on from there. So he's 
just he's not even saying that it's some sort of communist takeover. Like I might say the WEF, it's like a Klaus Schwabian thing where they want to remove all of the nutrition, make us live like slaves. Uh, he's being more of a pragmatist. He's like, hey, we have fields here. Why don't we just grow the crops here? I don't think he maybe realizes the the element of conspiracy that is upon him and how they, these weird factions in the global elite want to come down and basically quash everything local about localized culture and replace it with slave food. Uh, but anyways, he's fighting back and good for him. So that's just a nice positive news in the anti-cricket food uh, ventures today. And, uh, you know, he's he's on the streets and he's talking about it. And here is the um, 37-year-old counselor hoping to get into the city administration. It's a, it's a Japanese speech, but, uh, you know, if you listen to him, he doesn't sound like a crazy psycho or like an enraged, you know, anti-globalist type of person, like I can sometimes sound like. He just sounds like a very rational person who's concerned about feeding kids bugs all the time. ま、皆様500匹以上食べますか、コウロジ。柏市は枝豆だったり、全然大豆商品も取れるんで、そちらにお金を回すべきなんではないでしょうか。まさかこの間中に昆虫食なんて食べさせるわけにはいかないんです。
South Korean food is so good. I want to eat it right now. The number of North Korean restaurants operating in Southeast Asia has dwindled in recent years. North Korea news has found as UN sanctions, pandemic restrictions, or a combination of both have apparently forced the businesses to shutter. But photos taken by NK News also show that there will still there were still several DPRK eateries, eateries in Laos and Vietnam as of earlier this year, though in some cases they appear to have curtailed their operations or made efforts to conceal their ties to Pyongyang. North Korea has operated restaurants in cities around the world for years, uh, deploying select citizens abroad to staff more than 100 such businesses as of 2016. Observers have long accused the restaurants of generating money for the DPRK's nuclear and missile programs. I'll have some more kimchi, please, and turn that into uranium while you're at it. The sanctions went effect in December 19. Cambodia. Four North Korean restaurants that used to operate in the Cambodian capital, the Phnom Penh, have closed down. Um, any others? Laos. In the Laotian capital of Vientiane, a former uh, Gansan restaurant had closed. But unlike in Phnom Penh, there were still a couple of North Korean restaurants that were open as of earlier this year. I'll be posting screenshots of these to Matthew PM Um, anything more elsewhere in Vientiane or Vientiane, a restaurant called Tokyo sushi and Teppanyaki operates inside a luxurious Riverside hotel. And despite the name, it is staffed by North Koreans serves Korean food and sells DPRK products. So Japan's reputation abroad is so strong that, in international settings, other uh, Korean, I'm being biased here, but I've, I used to go to a sushi restaurant in Victoria, BC a lot, and they employed a lot of Koreans there at the time. So I don't didn't care. It's just what it is. But the, the, the Tokyo reputation, the Japanese reputation is so strong that a lot of people will just adopt it once they open up things abroad, even though they've nev- never been to Tokyo or have any association with Japan. The setup suggests an effort by the North Korean state to conceal the fact that it is operating the restaurant. <laughs> so it goes on from there. If you're interested, it'll be posted at MatthewPMBigelow.com. But just in case you were curious about such things, yes, there are North Korean restaurants operating around the world. And they've been having a tough time of it recently because of that robust reputation of North Korean restaurants using names like Tokyo Sushi to serve up their their, their dish, um, not really uh, doing well on the international scale. But let's blame COVID while we're at it. Everything can be blamed on COVID. I am blaming this podcast on COVID, but I'm not blaming you, Mr. Listener, or Ms. Listener on COVID. Thank you for tuning in to the Japan What Podcast. You found it from the back end of Tokyo. The Japan What Podcast. MatthewPMBigelow.com, where you can go to donate. PayPal.me forward slash JapanWUT. Check out the podcasting 2.0 infrastructure and more. Or just give us some traffic and click on the links. It's a nice way to review what's going on in the zeitgeist under these terms that I've established for the podcast. AI trends. Rising conflict in the Indo-Pacific from Japan's perspective. News analysis. And of course, we all like a bit of weird Japan. So odd items coming out of Japan. Those baseball bats were something else. Do you think there will be a hit? Ja, 
またねー。You.